Hey, it's your host, Caitlin, here. I want to give a quick preface before we start the actual episode that this is our first remote guest on the podcast. So with that being said, we are still testing which online recording platform provides the best audio quality for all parties involved. Thanks so much in advance for your patience on the audio quality that we have this week. We still have great content to share and dive into some fun topics. So without further ado, thanks for tuning in and let's get on with the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Young and Getting Wiser. I'm your host, Caitlin, and we have a very special episode today with our very first guest, Logan Mark, everybody. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm Logan. Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. Oh, of course. I definitely wanted to have Logan on here. We were roommates in college. She's one of my besties. She's so intelligent, caring, funny, and we always have really good conversations together. So I'm really excited for what's to come in this episode. I'm sure it'll be all over the place, but that's kind of our brand. So I'm ready for it. (laughs) So true. To start, Mm -hmm. Logan, let's catch up. How are you currently? I'm doing very well. I feel like I've been like all over the place, but it's been like such a transitional period um, in life right now. But overall, been good. good. How was your week? What were your highs and lows of the past week or two? I just have so much going on. I'm moving to New York in a little over two weeks. So prepping for that has kind of been crazy. It's so many obstacles that I've never really thought of. <laughs> That's like yeah. now in fruition that I feel like I'm just constantly conquering. And with that, I'm working like two jobs, trying to travel and go on as many little trips with my close friends and family while I still can in the summer. So like these past two weeks, I feel like I've just been doing like such little spontaneous things. You know, it's been good. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting ready for Post Malone concert tonight. I'm really excited. You should be. I went last night, impulsively bought tickets with some of my friends, and it was the second best concert I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of concerts, so that's saying something. But it was super fun. Logan actually convinced me unintentionally to go to this because she was saying that I was like oh it's in my town tonight I need to go what was your favorite concert definitely the weekend I'm sure that's a shocker to the people who know me but I saw him twice last year last summer and it was the best experience ever so can't beat that I feel like the weekend would be so good in concert but it sounds like you've been so busy keeping yourself very occupied I want to go back to the New York stuff so background Logan's so humble didn't mention this but she's going to New York for law school she's gonna (laughs) be a boss girl out in New York City so how are you feeling about law school stuff how are you balancing friends and the the lighter stuff of life with that Mm -hmm. big big milestone that you're about to head into that's a really good question I feel like when people talk to me about law school it's kind of like oh are you ready it's gonna be a lot of studying blah 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 all that sort of stuff but I'm very passionate about leading a life of balance. And so I've really thought very deeply on how I'm going to be able to achieve, like you said, like that social life, my friendships, my relationships and stuff like that with law school as well. And what I've kind of concluded is life is never really like 50-50. There's never going to be that perfect balance in everything that you're putting your energy into. So if um, my social life or like my extracurriculars that I really really enjoy have to kind of fall to the wayside a little bit during law school I've definitely made my peace with that I feel like it's like a three-year sacrifice season and 
there are always these hobbies and interests that I can bounce back to, but it's something I really want to accomplish. So I'm just going to focus very heavily on that. Um, but yeah, in terms of my relationships, though, specifically, I value that more than I value any career, like choice or anything like that. So I will absolutely be putting my like best foot forward in keeping in touch with all of my friends and like still being able to go on those little trips here and there, stuff like that, because obviously life's way too short to just drop all of that. But yeah, totally. I mean, ever since college, you've always been one of the few people that I saw balancing everything and having a lot of self-discipline in particular, mm-hmm. you know, like you would always kind of have these things that you knew that you wanted in your heart, but then the, the social mm-hmm. pressures of college and everything would also come into it. And I feel like you did a good job of balancing that. So it's good to kind of hear about your side of things of like why you balance yeah. those things and what it means to you and your values and all that. So that's, that's right. Have you thought about dating at all? That's a big thing, like relationships <laughs> and all that stuff. Like what's your current <laughs> relationship? Status? How would you describe it? <laughs> oh gosh. I would describe my current relationship status as super single. <laughs> When you first hear that, it honestly sounds sad. Like, I've been single for 22 years of my life, and um, it's not something I really strive very heavily to change, especially at this point in my life. I feel like there's there's definitely two paths that a lot of our peers are taking right now. It's either you're boot up, you're cuffed, or you're like happily mm-hmm. in the serious place, or you're kind of just focusing on yourself, going ham. And I think dating yourself. So for background, I'm in a happy relationship. Logan's very single, as she says. (laughs) Today, we're going to really tie in like what it means to date yourself from both of those lenses, because I'm a strong believer that you can still have aspects of dating yourself while you're still in a relationship. And also, of course, while you're single. So I'm really excited to kind of get these two perspectives going in terms of how we can do that, regardless of your actual relationship status. Yeah, absolutely. So what does it mean to date yourself in your eyes? Like, what does that term mean to you? I know it's kind of like a social media coin term, things that people have been saying lately. But like, what does that mean when you hear that? For me, I feel like dating yourself is learning to be unapologetically who you are and accepting that. But at the same time, it's also holding extremely high standards for yourself and for what you want out of life. Sticking to those standards and also placing boundaries in like both your social life, your um, career, and boundaries with yourself. It's all of those things kind of under an umbrella. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's to me, it's it's very much, it comes from a sense of self-care and mm-hmm. kind of just prioritizing your needs. To me, it encapsulates all of those different values when it comes to taking care of yourself in a bunch of different ways. So how do you think, as someone who's single, how do you think that you kind of take care of yourself in that way? Like, what are some of the things that you do when you're really prioritizing your own needs or you want to kind of take care of Logan, like you want to take care of yourself, Yeah. put yourself right. first. What, what are some things that you do to take care of yourself? The first thing that sticks out to me um, when you ask that question is definitely saying no to things that don't serve me. So obviously, before you say no, you have to know what it is that, like what concepts aren't going to serve you. I, growing up especially, was like a chronic people pleaser. Like I had a very tough time 
say no, um, creating boundaries. And if someone wanted me to do something for them that maybe I didn't want to do or like an activity, whatever it was, I would do that just to appeal the other person. And I've learned over time that you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting the other person involved. But yeah, saying no, definitely the first step to just like dating yourself, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Saying no when it's something you don't want to do. That's definitely something I used to struggle with. And I think I've gotten Mm -hmm. better with that as I've gotten older. Because it's like, why would you waste your energy and your time on something that you don't even want to do necessarily? Like, why are you wasting all of that precious, like I said, energy on on someone that you don't actually like or someone that you don't actually want to hang out with or something that you really don't want to do? I feel like life's way too short to be doing that. Why spend time on things I don't even actually like in myself? And I think a lot of that Mm -hmm. comes with knowing yourself and learning yourself because of course, when you're younger, you don't know what you actually do stand for or don't stand for necessarily. I know you; it feels like you do, but the older I get, the more aware that I'm like very much still getting to know myself and getting to know who I am, what I stand for and all this stuff. So I feel like once you get to that point where you start understanding that, you can definitely say no or say yes to certain things that you actually truly want or don't want, you know? Absolutely. So when it comes to kind of the other aspects of dating yourself, I think a lot of that in my head is also kind of doing things for yourself with yourself. So when it comes Mm -hmm. to doing things alone, like what do you, do you ever take yourself out on a coffee date or out on shopping (laughs) dates when you just want to go? Like you don't have to rely on another person for taking Mm -hmm. you on these kind of things. I think being able to do stuff like that is really important when it comes to dating yourself. I agree. I feel like my situation, again, is a little interesting just because I grew up with such a big family and so many siblings to where it was like, if I ever wanted to go do something um, and I didn't want to be alone, like the choice of being alone, it, it was kind of always counteracted. Like I never had to be alone if I didn't want to, I guess I could say. I feel like as I got older, I realized there is so much beauty in doing things by yourself and at first it can definitely be nerve-wracking you could just feel as as someone who struggles with anxiety sometimes you just feel embarrassed like walking around a store alone thinking in your head like oh people are looking at me um am I being weird whatever it may be but I feel like once you really start to show like friendship in yourself and you realize that going places alone buying yourself like you said like taking yourself on a little coffee date or maybe going shopping whatever it is treating yourself in those forms of love and self-care it becomes almost like a beautiful thing to spend quality time with yourself and now I love my alone time so much like I've always been an independent person but my love language is definitely like quality time So that kind of played into the whole thing of like always wanting my siblings with me if I was like running errands, doing whatever. It's still nice to like have people with you when you're doing those things for sure. It's definitely a whole other um, playing field of like getting comfortable with doing things completely alone. Yeah, totally. Everything that comes with either being by yourself or caring about yourself, getting to know yourself. That's what we mean when we're talking about dating yourself. And there's a lot of different definitions that can come with it, but I think that to get to that point where you're comfortable doing it, a lot of it comes from self-confidence. So what has been your self-confidence journey? Do you want to talk on that a little bit? I do think that a lot of my self-confidence 
and this is just my personal experience, but has kind of developed because I have never been in a relationship, which this definitely looks different for so many people. And intimate relationships are very good for so many reasons and teach you so many things. And this, what I'm going to say is not me saying that if you are in a relationship or you have been in your life, you can't be a confident person because that is absolutely not the case. But I think 22 years of being single, I have learned so much about myself and genuinely fell in love with the person that I am because I've never had to report back to anyone or feel the need to change any part of myself or my um, life path. I've just fully been able to kind of align with my purpose. And Mm -hmm. it's obviously a journey for everyone and it looks differently for everyone. But where I am today, I definitely credit my confidence to the fact that I've been single for 22 years, which that's a lot to unpack. But that is, yeah, that's what I would say about it. Yeah. And I think that that's obviously like different for everyone, but I think that shows on you a lot. If you know Logan in real life, you know she's kind of always doing her own thing. She also does not need a man to help her with anything. <laughs> like, complete opposite, actually. So um, I think that definitely shows for you for sure. And I think that's shaped you into who you are today and kind of all yeah. of your, your essence. And it totally makes sense. Like that, that right. kind of is what specifically helped you on your path for mm-hmm. self-confidence I think that's really cool because I'm sure some people can also relate to that or maybe not or maybe you can so yeah it's really cool right. to hear that hear that side of it yeah I think um in being single for 22 years I've also learned how cheap validation from other people really is and that you know if you're constantly like seeking this validation from an external source for happiness you're never going to achieve it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that whole concept can apply whether you're dating men or women or whatever, like whoever. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a very slippery slope, I think, when you when you rely on other people to feel good about yourself. And I think that's kind of how I got my self-confidence journey as well, is like just realizing mm-hmm. that other people's validation really doesn't mean anything. It's just their opinion, yeah. you know? Like if you are in relationships or you're a relationship person and you – only feel good about yourself when you're in that point that's definitely a red flag for yourself to look at like go deep into that because that can turn out bad because that that's when codependency blooms and that's when situations where you need to get out of a relationship or it's toxic or whatever but you can't because if you do that you're going to go downhill because then you're going to spiral out because you have weighted all of your self-baggage onto this other person's validation and mm-hmm. that's a really tough pill to swallow. So I haven't really been in that situation personally because I've always been very keen of it just for a lot of different reasons. But it's interesting to kind of see that happen to people around us, you know, like seeing that. Yeah. It, it's it's not interesting. It's sad because you feel yeah. bad for like the person who needs that validation. It's like, Definitely. Oh my God, well, you're so beautiful on your own. Like you don't need anyone. And I do want to also say I think there's a toxic side to to either side of this I think when you're hyper and you're like I absolutely don't need anyone yeah. I don't need anyone in my life to give me motivation I think that can be- get a little toxic I think it's nice to have support from people you love and like 
whether it's like family or your relationship, just being able to still take that in, take in that love, take in that help. Don't be afraid to reach out for help for anything. But also at the same time, just like, it's okay to be independent too. And it's okay to be yeah, a little reliant when it comes to just people helping out or helping lift your spirits and stuff. But just don't rely your self-confidence on another person because that then becomes codependent Mm -hmm. and it's just a downward spiral from there. I agree. And I'm really happy that you brought that point up of how hyper independency is also toxic too, because I think in this whole independent era, which I think a lot of it has come just from women, you know, in just your traditional heterosexual relationship, women have kind of discovered that all of the things that men have historically had to provide us, we now can do ourselves. So I think this independence era it does harbor a lot of hyper-independency, which is toxic. We forget that we're communal beings and that we enjoy companionship with other people. And so when we talk about independence and doing things by yourself and all of that, it's not to say that um, relationships with other people are inherently bad in any sort of way. They're beautiful. They're great, especially platonic friendships. But yeah, that's a whole other rant. (laughs) Totally. Um, I want to rewind a little bit on your mm-hmm. self-confidence journey and everything like that. So I had a different situation where you've been single, you were saying, for 22 years of your life and all that stuff. So I've been in and out, you know, um, mm-hmm. of that situation. And I think that through that, I've had different ups and downs of being single or not being single, whatever it is. And I think that when you're in a relationship, if you're in a relationship right now, I think it also teaches you a lot about how you interact with others and again if you're not in a relationship I think that this can reflect as well in your platonic relationships kind of like what Logan was saying and friendships and things like that being among those other people and getting to know yourself in those situations really helps too because you're seeing how you react to negatives and positives and you're seeing how maybe your certain traumas will come out as projection onto certain people in certain situations and getting to know like what makes you tick or what makes you ick like (laughs) all of these different things (laughs) I think is really important when it comes to kind of getting to know yourself and there's ways to do it in a relationship or out of a relationship and I think that's cool because there's no one size fits all it's totally Mm -hmm. your experience and I think that and I think it's what you make it is the theme of all my episodes so far but I just want to stress that it's it's very much what you make it and if you have the self-awareness to kind of go over things that happened to you in relationships or while you've been single or any of this stuff or while you're really focused on yourself era kind of going into it and being like oh like that's what kind of screwed me up or that's what made me feel really really joyful or all these different things and taking note of that stuff is obviously extremely important but then applying it to future relationships friendships and even yourself because again in dating yourself and even dating other people it's obviously super important to hold yourself accountable and admit when maybe you've messed up or you've hurt another person or crossed your own boundaries so yeah learning that through relationships is like an extremely positive side of any relationship so with all that being said you're i'm going to tie it back to kind of how we started this conversation Mm -hmm. So you're going to law school. You're going to be so busy. You're going to be in a city with everyone. And I've heard the dating life there sucks, by the way. (laughs) 
I've heard that's that really too. all I hear online. I'm like, like okay, <laughs> stay away then. Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> With all of this and taking care of yourself, taking care of your friends, taking care of your work, your career, your school, all this stuff, how do you think you're going to kind of keep your priorities straight and start to balance everything while you have yeah. these values that you already have? I think it's important when you're entering new any new environment to always kind of stay true to who you are as best as you can obviously and staying open to everything that that has to offer but when it comes to balancing it's really just understanding what your priorities are and what you want to accomplish like I know earlier you mentioned that I was like pretty disciplined (laughs) this past year like senior year and I think it's because I've learned over time that in a lot of situations when you have a written goal you're gonna have to detach your feeling towards the steps you need to take to accomplish that goal like for an example I always use this as an example because it's super easy but if you have a certain goal in the gym we'll say we're big gym girlies (laughs) but no if you have like a certain goal in the gym um and you wake up one morning and you just do not want to go to the gym like you are like hell no, I don't want to go. You feel miserable. You feel exhausted, whatever. Detaching those feelings and doing it when you're miserable, doing it when you're scared, doing it when you're anxious, that's going to get you to achieve the goal. So in terms of like balancing and staying focused, it's all about highlighting that goal, literally writing it in bold letters, and then just not shying away from the steps it has to take to get there. Like, don't get me wrong. There's going to be distractions. In New York City, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the dating life might suck. But <laughs> I've recently become a little more open in my Ooh. attachment style. In the past, like, two years, um, I'm more open to the idea of, like, you know, being in some sort of intimate relationship. Because, again, like, it's all about making connections it's with people. News, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? literally for the first time of my life like junior year I used to have like such an avoiding attachment style and this just comes from like just the relationships of the people around me growing up I have just learned such like I've literally learned what not to do in a relationship which sounds like so sad but like growing up seriously and um so until like junior year honestly, of college, like the beginning of junior year, I've just been so avoidantly attached um, to the concept of like relationships that weren't strictly platonic. And then I remember I was like sitting with my roommates the one time in our living room. How pathetic. I'm 20 years old. And like, guys, I think I have a crush on blank. And they, their jaws literally dropped. They were like, did you just admit you liked someone and so like ever since then I was like okay damn there's a problem there like we gotta unpack that but (laughs) now I feel like it's getting better so back to kind of the initial question of like staying focused and stuff 100% staying disciplined to that goal and um you know doing it even if I'm bawling my eyes out doing it when I'm scared shitless Mm -hmm. that's super important you know like embarrassment in this life is fake You just got to do what you got to do to get to your end goal. Um, And if distractions come along, it's really just weighing if they're worth bringing into your life, what it's going to, if it's going to advance your life, absolutely do it. If it's not going to bring you peace and could hinder your goal, then 
it's not meant for you. And the universe is also, it's not going to give you anything that you're not ready for. Um, but at the same time, people are, and things are extreme lessons. So it's kind of just like weeding that stuff out. I think that's, yeah. that's an overarching explanation of how I'm going to attempt to accomplish New York you, City, law school, and all that. You totally just killed that. Like, you preached. Thanks. And you hit <laughs> so many good points. Like, from attachment styles. That could be a whole other conversation. I know we could talk Literally. for a long time about that. Oh, my God, um, yeah. To you not having a cold heart anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's warm blooded now. She's warm blooded. She's <laughs> no longer a reptile. I'm still struggling with that. Not to lie. <laughs> it's all it's all a journey. It really is. It absolutely is. Like, well, you made me think of a really good point. I want to hear your thoughts about FOMO because, as we kind of mm. talked about in your all of your experiences you've had and what you're about to experience, what are your thoughts around FOMO? How do you deal with it? I know this has been something literally from childhood that kind of it honestly scarred me in a way from like a little childhood interaction and since then it's been something I've been working through trying to figure out how to kind of get rid of the stupid FOMO thing I I feel like recently (laughs) they finally named the term to FOMO yeah like a such like a text twitter phrase right I don't know (laughs) I feel like it's so juvenile to say that but it's a real thing and there's a lot of I guess studies out there articles Mm -hmm. there's so much about FOMO so I know for me, I deal with it. I'm kind of like, yeah, you're missing out on this thing, but you're not, you're never truly missing out because you are in mm-hmm. this current situation. So for example, Absolutely. if you're staying home and you're doing a face mask and drinking wine and all your friends are like at a bar or at this big event, you should change the narrative to, oh, I'm missing out on that big event to, I'm kind of, they're missing out on my event. Like I'm doing face mask. Yeah. like, this is this is just as valuable and I'm not missing out on anything because I'm not there like that that sounds right. so contradictory but like you're not because you're here like you're in the in yeah. this spot so like there's nothing you you would have been doing you're doing what you're meant to be doing if that makes any sense so I kind of like what what you think of it and kind of how you balance it with all these things that you are juggling at the same time I think kind of like you mentioned at a young age I had an experience where I felt FOMO for the first time and for a while I was like scarred and I remember being in high school and you know maybe you didn't have your license yet but some of your older friends did so you would see through social media what they were doing and you were not and it was it was kind of heartbreaking you thought these people were out making memories and they were gonna forget about you and You know, there's so many different um, feelings that come along with FOMO. I think that within recent years in college, especially, pulling back in kind of that whole saying no aspect, I've learned that there are some things that I thoroughly enjoy doing and other things that I don't, where if I force myself into those situations in that moment, whatever it may be, just because I think I might miss out, I end up going against my gut instinct and what I want in that present moment. And it feels unnatural for the rest of the night, if that makes sense. So I feel like I've learned enough times that forcing myself to go out or have an experience that I truly do not want because I would rather be doing another thing has always ended in some sort of disaster for me. Mm -hmm. And so 
honestly, it was a repeated cycle of just learning that. But in terms of maybe, you know, there's situations where I wish I could be doing something with someone, but they're, I don't know, in another state, like say my friends are in another state and they're like going out, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm stuck in Pennsylvania in my room going to bed at 10 p.m. because whatever. I think that I've learned, <laughs> that was like really specific, I don't know. <laughs> but I think that I've learned you need to view memories and experiences through the lens of abundance and realizing that there's going to be so many more opportunities for you to connect with people and make memories. Kind of like coming back to what you talked about in terms of you are where you're meant to be in that exact moment, which sounds so cliche, but it's so true. You are missing out, and I'm putting that in air quotes, you are missing out for a reason. I completely agree with that. And I mean, if you listen to episode two, you're going to hear a lot about me saying everything always works out. So I love that. I've already heard that. I feel like that totally ties with this. Like everything always works out. Like you're going to be fine. This also kind of brought up something that I had to learn in college. You don't always have to show up. Like it's almost, especially in terms of establishing your social life and kind of who you're going to be around and your status, all this stuff. I think that learning that you don't always have to show up places, you don't always have to show face, you don't have to be around. This might be a hot take, but it's almost better if you're not always there. And I think especially with with big groups of people, it's like, it can feel so tempting, like, oh, they're doing that. I know you and I both had a collective experience with this, with our organization that we were in. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, these people are doing this, and there's always something going on every weekend. But it's kind of like, I had to realize you don't have to go to everything everything's not meant to go to and I think doing that almost dulls it down for your experiences it makes it less of a a moment I guess for you to like go and see everyone and I don't know that's kind of something I that was a hard pill to swallow that was like oh okay like I guess it's better if I don't always show face and it helps save my energy that's kind of one of the things that helped me get over FOMO I was like I don't need to go to that just because it's happening I don't need to go to that I'm not gonna lose friends over not going to this thing that was definitely me in high school. I thought I would lose friends because they don't show up to something. Mm-hmm. Or like my friends wouldn't talk to me as much because they'd be distracted by other things. And that's so not true. That is so not true. The ones that actually matter friends wise, like it doesn't matter if you don't show up to something, they're going to update you about it. They're going to tell you how it was. You're going to catch up. Like yeah. that doesn't make the value of your presence any less. So we actually just had some technical difficulties. Logan's phone almost exploded. So it definitely cut off (laughs) mid-sentence. So we're just going to wrap up (laughs) here. We covered a lot of bases. And I think that was definitely the universe being like, chill. You're hitting us so much. (laughs) We could talk for hours. Like if there's one thing about me too, I can I can talk in circles forever. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) You too. It's like a talent listening to this. Um, so anyway, we're gonna wrap up there. I hope this gave you some insight. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Logan. And Logan, it was so nice having you on the podcast and to chat. I think we covered so many good topics that people could definitely find some relatability in. And yeah, so again, thank you so much for listening. Logan, if you want to plug your Instagram or anything like that, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, follow me on Instagram, guys. It's Logan Mark underscore. And you can't add me on Snapchat, even though you want to, because I'm banned. 
Thanks, guys. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> Logan signing off. Well, thank you again. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Unknown if that's a guest or a solo, but we'll see. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This was Caitlin, your host on Young and Getting Wiser. See you next week. <laughs>